a young boy was at his computer working on a little assignment for school. And not knowing how to begin, he got up from his chair and sought out his mother, who was in the kitchen preparing supper. Without warning, he asked, Mom, how was I born? Well, the boy's mother knew that this question about human reproduction was inevitable, but she didn't want to deal with it while she was cooking dinner. So she put him off with the old saying, the stork brought you. The boy left the room where his grandmother was out in the living room knitting, and he asked her, Grandma, how was my mother born? And being of an older generation, she decided not to touch that one. My dear boy, the stork brought your mother. Grandma, the boy persisted, how were you born? The stork brought me too, she responded. He thanked her and returned to his computer and began with these words. There hasn't been a normal birth in our family for three generations. Our scripture readings are about two births that aren't normal at all. The news of a pregnancy can bring tears of joy or tears of fear, depending on the circumstances and the relationships of those involved. In Abraham and Sarah's case, it brought laughter. Why did Sarah laugh at the news she would have a son? She laughed because she was old, and she knew only a fool would believe that a woman with one foot in the nursing home was soon going to have her other foot in the maternity ward. She laughed because it felt better than crying. She laughed because if by some chance it just happened to come true, then she really would have something to laugh about. Listen to the last few verses of our text from Genesis. When the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah will have a child, a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Oh, yes, you did laugh. Sarah was afraid. How often do laughter and a deep-seated fear go together? Writing over a century ago, the poet William Watson penned these lines. April, April, laugh your girlish laughter, then the moment after, weep your girlish tears. April, that my ears like a lover greets, if I tell you, dear, all my hopes and fears, April, April, laugh your golden laughter, but the moment after, weep your golden tears. And it was Alfred Lord Tennyson who wrote, Tears, idle tears, I know not what they mean. Tears from the depth of some divine despair rise in the heart and gather to the eyes. Today, we are exploring tears and fears as we continue on in our Advent Sermon Series, The Hopes and Tears of All the Years. Our series title comes from the carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. You know the words, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. We are shifting that to the hopes and tears of all the years, because throughout history, Tears have expressed so much of the struggle and, and emotions we as human beings go through, and because fears and tears are so closely related. Like Sarah, 
we could say of Mary. Mary, Mary, laugh your girlish laughter. Then the moment after, weep your girlish tears. Both Sarah and Mary were told they would have a son under less than normal circumstances. Remember, when Mary received the news, she was greatly perplexed and pondered what sort of message this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. How weird is that? I mean, imagine being greeted by an angel. I suspect that in addition to being very perplexed, she was also very scared. Last week, you'll recall, Michael helped us look at Joseph's perspective in Matthew's Gospel. Today, we are looking at Mary's perspective here in the book of Luke. And after being scared in the presence of an angel, came the amazing and scary announcement that she would be impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And if that wasn't enough to absorb, I can only imagine her fear of what Joseph would think when he found out she was pregnant and he wasn't the father. If this young girl didn't shed some tears in the midst of her confusion and the very real fear of being abandoned by Joseph, then she wasn't human to begin with. Surely she had the tears and fears as all of us would. Mary's fears and tears and Sarah's fears and laughter are very close. Sometimes if we can't laugh, we cry. And sometimes if we can't cry, we laugh. Here's how the writer of Ecclesiastes put it. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to weep and a time to laugh. Laughter and tears are ways of dealing with our fears. So what are our Tears and fears. What do we cry over? Unfortunately, so much in our culture drives us to cry over sappy sentimentality or self-directed, feel-sorry-for-me scenarios. What makes you cry? Really cry? And what are you afraid of? When we look at the world today, there is so much tension violence, killing, war, and terrorism, and people are scared. Then throw in the pandemic and the ever-changing variants, and there is a great deal of fear right now in our nation and in the world. Many people live in the house of fear much of the time. It has become an obvious dwelling place, an acceptable basis on which to make our decisions and plan our lives. Everybody's scrambling for security. Protect yourselves. Protect yourselves. The fear factor is dominating so many people. Hear me on this. Fear can dominate our existence physically, emotionally, mentally, socially, and spiritually to such a degree that we feel driven to make choices that ultimately abandon many of life's blessings, many of life's depths and and meanings and relationships. Fred Craddock, 
who was short and not particularly handsome, was, however, one of the most powerful preachers of the last 40 years. He once told this true story. My wife was away, and I was going to fix one of my big meals. I stopped off at the Winn-Dixie to get a jar of peanut butter. I was in a hurry, and those stores are just so huge. And who wants to spend the afternoon looking around for peanut butter? So I saw a woman who was pushing a cart in a kind of stroll, and I thought, she's comfortable here. I'll ask her. Um, Ma'am, could you direct me to the peanut butter? She jerked around, stared at me, and said, are you trying to hit on me? I said, I'm looking for the peanut butter. As I backed away, I saw a stock boy. So I said, where is the peanut butter? Aisle five, I think, way down on the left. I went down there, and halfway down on the left, there were big jars of peanut butter. I took one. As I turned to leave, that woman was there. And she said, you were looking for the peanut butter. I said, I told you I was looking for the peanut butter. She said, well, nowadays you can't be too careful. And I said, ma'am, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Friends, as people of faith, where is our security? Is it in money, the stock market, our property, our family, and friends? Or is it in God? To live in fullness of life is to live with vulnerability. And as people of faith, our security lies in, in embracing security, not by living in fear all the time. Total security isn't even possible anyway. But if it were, it would produce a tedious, boring, and basically non-human state of existence. Being driven by fear says, Let's do whatever it takes to make sure we won't ever have to be afraid again. And that is simply nuts. Having fears and tears is normal. It's part of life. It's what we do after them that makes us as people of faith. That's what makes us people of faith, what we do after our tears and fears. Otherwise, we're creatures merely operating on survival instincts, tears, and fears. Jesus wept. Jesus wept because he cared. Let me share the words to the fourth verse of the Nativity hymn, Once in Royal David's City. For he is our childhood's pattern. Day by day, like us, he grew. He was little, weak, and helpless. Tears and smiles, like us, he knew. And he feeleth for our gladness. And he shareth in our gladness. Tears and smiles, like us he knows. Jesus wept because he so wanted Israel to be faithful to God. 
There was war, violence, killing, terrorism, and, yes, disease in Jesus' day. Jesus lived in Palestine, which was under Roman occupation. And, of course, they promised Pax Romano. The Romans promised to bring peace to the whole world forever. No human institution or government can promise security like that. Our security now and into all our futures is God and God alone. If once we feel fear, we turn our thoughts to God and remind ourselves that our ultimate safety is in God and not the things of our own making, then and only then can our tears put us in touch with something that is of God the hopes and tears of all the years. It was William Sloan Coffin, Jr. who wrote in his book, The Courage to Love. While love seeks truth, fear seeks safety. And fear distorts the truth, not by exaggerating the ills of the world, which would be difficult, but by underestimating our ability to deal with them. Tragedies, unfortunate situations, and human evils will always come this side of heaven. We simply can't prevent everything, nor can we protect ourselves from everything. We can look at what can come afterward in the way of human response with care, compassion, and love. The opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is fear. Psychiatrist Dr. William Sadler said, the only known cure for fear is faith. As we think about ourselves and how we will express ourselves throughout this Advent season in the coming year, will we tip toward the fear factor or the faith factor? Throughout Hebrew scriptures, God, the angels, and God's messengers are constantly saying, fear not. And the angel, to both Joseph and Mary, says, fear not. And Jesus himself, on numerous occasions, says to the disciples, as as he says to us, do not be afraid. Sarah and Mary both had their share of fears and tears. But both moved past them to the place of faith, where they allowed that that which seemed impossible to be born. So how shall it be with us? Let me suggest that we, too, have to go through and then get past the fears and tears of our world and our personal lives. If, if something new and holy is to be born. Yes, we will always have fears and tears. But there is only one entity to fear permanently, and that is God. Fear God. Respect God. God alone 
is worthy of our awe. Love God above all else. And the fears and tears of this world will all be wiped away. Amen.